Kimchi. And I'm Kari. And, and this, this is, is Expecting, Expecting Expats. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Expecting Expats. Today, we have a wonderful guest uh, with us on the podcast. Her name is Amanda Graybill. Um, with a background of, in public health, she is and owns her own company, The Mindful Mama, which you can find on Instagram, and we can speak about that at the end. Um, and you really focus on gentle birthing methods, spinning babies, and you are a part-time doula. You do courses, workshops, and we can speak on that as well in depth. And yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, welcome, Amanda. Thanks, guys. It's really great to be here. So I think one, I mean, one of your main topics, and you can correct me, but is and what you oversee is gentle birthing method. So for people who, and I'm also wondering this, what is what is the gentle birthing method? Yeah, so gentle birth is a really, it's a pretty special curriculum, and uh, I kind of usually refer to it as sort of like hypnobirthing plus. Um, and so it is a really unique curriculum in that it involves all that we know about brain science. So it involves backgrounds in cognitive behavioral therapy, my favorite part of the curriculum is sports psychology. We take all that we've learned about sports psychology and performance behavior and we apply it to the birthing scenario. Um, and it uses hypnosis and meditation. And so it really takes all of these pieces of brain science and puts it into a nice little package to help birthing moms make the most of their birthing experience. So is this an, and this is just for me, so I had to have in my first birth, I had to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. But it was a, I don't, it was a planned, but I had to go in after I was in labor because it's Germany. But would someone like who knows that they're going to a C-section still benefit? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, 100%. So the thing that kind of sold me on gentle birth methods. So I can give you a little bit of background about how I got into this work. Yeah, please do. If that's helpful. Um, So we came to Germany, right? And, um. I didn't speak any German, but I've always been in a health teacher capacity. Like I was working at the University of Washington before we came here and I thought, okay, I don't speak any German. I'm not going to be able to teach. So I went and I got a regular marketing job at a big American firm Mm -hmm. like you do. Um, And then it was after going through my pregnancy and having to do my whole pregnancy in German that I realized that there was like a whole in the market yeah. in Frankfurt. And yeah. um, I had really wanted to do hypnobirthing and I felt very strongly about that and I wanted to do this sort of mental preparation piece and get my head in the game. Um, and so I took a hypnobirthing class in German. Turns out I don't meditate in German. <laughs> so I did not really sink in the yeah, I couldn't do that way. either. Yeah. Um, and so that was after going through that pregnancy, I was like, wait a minute, like I'm a health teacher. Like I could actually go and train and work with women on this. And so that's how I kind of came to the work was just through my own experience becoming a mother Mm -hmm. and becoming a mother abroad and not having resources and not feeling like I could ask my questions because I I couldn't even understand my mudra pass, you know? Um, And not being able to find resources for that and then realizing that I am a health teacher. I could probably do that. So um, I did a lot of research on different curriculums and because my initial thought had been hypnobirthing. Uh, because that was what I had looked at um, and what I had wanted for myself. But then I also ended up, I ended up in an unexpected unplanned C-section that um, had me kind of reevaluating what other curriculums are out there. Because 
hypnobirthing is a wonderful curriculum and we take definitely take tons of elements from hypnobirthing and the gentle birth curriculum, mm-hmm. but it's kind of natural birth or nothing. And mm. what really sold me on the gentle birth curriculum is this idea that any birth can be a gentle birth. Mm-hmm. It really is about the parents and it's about the mother and what the mother wants. And so a C-section can definitely be a gentle birth because it's about getting your mind in the right place. It's about understanding the connection between your mind and your body mm-hmm. and making sure that you're setting yourself up for success. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's all going to be easy, right? A gentle yeah. birth is not necessarily an easy birth or a pain-free birth. Um, it is a birth where the mom feels like she had agency. And I think I, okay. I want to um, double down on that point for a second because yeah. what we know, what the research shows us around doulas especially, is that the number one predictor of a positive birth isn't how you give birth. It's Mm -hmm. not whether or not you had a C-section or you needed forceps or it was an amazing water birth. Mm -hmm. It was whether or not the mother felt she had a sense of agency Mm -hmm. in the process. That is the number one predictor for a positive birth. Yeah. And that is something that I think that the general birth curriculum really provides. Because we say if you... Absolutely, there are tons of benefits for natural birth, right? Yeah. Like lots of reasons why you would want to go that route. But if for some reason for you in your story, that's not the route you want to go. Mm -hmm. And you say, I'd like to try medication or... I need to have a C-section because Yeah. how can we still make that a positive experience for you? How can I give you the tools so that you can make that a positive experience for yourself? Right. Yeah, and maybe like the whole agency part is even more important as an expat because you feel like yeah. so out of control lost. and yeah. lost because you you can't really rely on the experience from family and friends and like seeking knowledge online the same way because it's in a different language and yeah you just don't really know much about how things work right and, and especially in germany though too because germans i mean german hey bombers will tell you i mean this i took a birthing course but it was with like the familia central mm-hmm. and and they basically said you have to tell the hey bombers what you want because they're just going to go through the motions and you have to say what you want. But it was interesting because the whole time you're thinking, okay, but how do I get through this then in speaking in German or what are the options in Germany? Yeah. And I, what do I want? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then in the U.S. it's just so different speaking with my family and friends that I, you do feel alone a yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, having a baby is a very vulnerable time regardless Right, Mm -hmm. you're incredibly vulnerable emotionally, physically, Mm -hmm. doing it abroad in another language, in another culture. All of the regular questions about how will this go? Will my baby be healthy? Will I be healthy? When will it happen? You have all of those. Plus, will the person in the room speak English? Mm -hmm. Am I going to have the same sort of postpartum care I would expect? When will my family visit? When can my kid get their passport so I can visit my family? You have all of this extra. Yeah, totally. And I think that. What I hope to provide, at least with, with my classes, is tools that will help outside of the birth room also. Like, how can I just give you some tools to help all of these things that spin through your head yeah. <laughs> um, get a little bit lighter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really the big goal. It's like, I want folks to leave my class feeling calm, confident, and in control. And, like, that means that if their birthing scenario goes left, they're ready to go left. If it goes right, they're ready to go right. Like, they Mm -hmm. have tools to handle whatever comes at them that day. Yeah. Um, Not to provide some perfect picture of what the birth should look like because it's not up to me. No. It's not even up to you. You know, you can make a plan. And if if you take the class, you will make a plan. Um, Yeah. You can make a plan and you can have some ideas of what you want things to look like. 
But at the end of the day, like, we have no idea. No. No one has any idea. Yeah. That's what we All learned from. All we can from. do is set you up for success in as many ways as we can. Yeah. So I, I do have a question because I know that we're discussing moms and moms having mm-hmm. agency, which I fully mm-hmm. support and agree with. But how do you then get, like, the partner or the husband mm-hmm. to be on board as well? Not on board because, of course... They help make the babies. (laughs) Yeah, but but it's a thing where, like, I feel like my husband at least is kind of like, yeah, whatever you want, that's that's fine. But maybe he's not as interested in learning the exact science of what is actually happening because he's like, well, this is, you know, you'll do it. (laughs) Good luck, good luck. Yeah, 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 like, keep it up. Like, I'll be here, but, you know, just, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's actually a really great question. I'm glad you asked because... Um, I'm very particular in my class about engaging the dads. Yeah. Um, and I think the general birth curriculum in general really tries to do that and really like harps in on the fact that you guys are partners, right? And that right. it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that general birth isn't also for moms who are pursuing birth without a partner. But if you are coming to your birthing scenario with a partner, um, this person knows you inside and out, and you know them inside and out. And how can we strengthen your set of tools together mm-hmm. and so yeah. dads dads to be honest like dads love my class <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they finally leave feeling like they know what to do yeah um because there are little things little things that they can do that can help you feel more comfortable when yeah. you're busy when you are busy having a baby <laughs> yeah right um, they just feel like they can only stand around but there are lots of things they can do mm-hmm. and so I really focus on getting them engaged and making sure that they leave feeling comfortable and with tools of their own Yeah. Um, at the end of the weekend. Everyone is calm and confident. Mm-hmm. So your, your courses then are on the weekend? Yeah. So okay. I generally run a Saturday-Sunday class. So half-day Saturday, half-day Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, yeah, you come, you learn some things, go on about your weekends. And then okay. I generally recommend folks to start any time after 20 weeks. And that seems pretty early for a birthing class. Um, but because general birth has such a huge mental component, yeah, mm-hmm. you need time. You know, once you understand how the brain-body connection works and mm-hmm. the ways that our thoughts influence our hormones and our hormones impact our body, um, once you kind of see this loop and you understand how that works, you see that you need a bit more time yeah. Yeah. to get your head in the game. And so it, you can you can also take general birth up until the end because it's also a regular birth class, right? Like we, yeah. we cover all the mental stuff and I really kind of use the tools like the CBT, the sports psychology, the meditation, hypnosis to kind of really help you understand how this system works. Mm-hmm. But we also cover how the baby comes out, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is how the baby comes out. These are the ways that you can make yourself more comfortable. These are the mm-hmm. things that dad can do to help. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what's I think particularly useful um just with my lens as having had two babies here in frankfurt is i am able to offer some insights into the system how do you navigate the german hospital system yeah right which that's is a big like one. that's a piece of my class that's not necessarily the general birth curriculum but like mm-hmm. very useful probably <laughs> yeah the majority of the people who take my class at least one of them isn't from here and right so having the insight into like these are the papers you should bring with you to the hospital and this is how mm-hmm. registering the baby works that stuff is also all in there okay um, as well that's really really helpful yeah so for us like we're sitting here to very pregnant lady <laughs> very, <laughs> very obvious that uh, we're getting slowly close to uh, our mm-hmm. due dates and yeah for us it's also our second birth so is there anything 
for us you would like recommend specifically as like we're getting close to the due date and we're we have some experience with us but yeah yeah how do we prepare <laughs> well i mean i think knowing what you want is halfway to getting what you want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think if you haven't sat down and thought about that now is the time yeah <laughs> um what do i want for this birth mm-hmm. and really get specific um that's an exercise that we always do in my class is like what do i want mm-hmm. what do i want because we often take a lot of time thinking about what we don't want especially mm-hmm. as second time right. moms yeah i didn't like this the last time i don't want that to happen again right yeah but what do you want to happen mm-hmm. right and putting some energy into that space and it's no promise that's going to go that way yeah but our minds are very powerful things yeah and having an idea of what you want is halfway to getting what you want. So I would say at a minimum, start there. Mm-hmm. Um, spend some time and make sure that your partner's on the same page. Yeah. You know, that he also knows, like, this mm-hmm. is what she wants. This is how you can be comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then there's lots of little, like, I mean, little tips and tricks that are really helpful. Like, with dads, you know, having a fan, honestly, just having like, a <laughs> fan is, like, the easiest thing. If dad has nothing else to do, like, labor is called labor for a reason, right? It's like, hard it's work. Hard work. <laughs> yeah. Put dad up at True. the front, yeah. and he can be, like, waving the fan. And nothing else. Like, those are little <laughs> yeah. tips that he can do. But honestly, guys, getting an idea of what you want is really, really powerful. Yeah. We have, like, a dream that uh, that my partner will be the one to receive the baby when it's coming out and, like, tell me what the gender is because we don't know oh. the gender. So it's, like... I'm just imagining in my mind it would be such a special moment that he's the first to see. Yeah, yeah. And then he can tell me. But it's I don't know if it's like I don't want to like expect that it can. And then if it doesn't happen, you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more like I hope that it will. That's be possible. That's the thing that I. So I'm trying for a VBAC, so vaginal birth after C-section, for all the listeners out there (laughs) for that term, but. I'm scared. I'm. There's a few things. I'm just like my fear is there, Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly thinking about the fear and trying to get over the fear of it. And I don't know. And that's the thing where like, does gentle birth help you like release the fear? I don't know how you know because how would you? How would someone I guess in a position where they're just scared kind Mm -hmm. of get over it? Because I do feel like the mind really is. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. I mean, there's even a a piece in the curriculum where we look at the ways that the Navy SEALs train. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it might sound extreme in a birthing situation, but the way that they train, it has to do with control. It has to do with getting past your fear Mm -hmm. and trusting in your ability. Yeah. Right? And... In the one of the things that is actually really interesting and very unique to the gentle birth curriculum is they have an app, mm-hmm. and the app has got all kinds of really great um, meditation and hypnosis sessions. And there are ones specifically for getting rid of fear. There's there's one called Fear Release, mm-hmm. um, and there is one for gentle C-section. Mm-hmm. So my second birth was a planned C-section under kind of intense circumstances, and I 100% think that my second birth was a gentle birth. Okay. And it was like a very complicated pregnancy, a very complicated delivery. Um, 
and I was fine. Like I, and I think it is 100% because I did the work because my first birth was not great. Mm -hmm. Um, and it left me pretty traumatized. Yeah. Uh, and I did the work this time in a totally different way. And I really think my second birth was a gentle birth, even though it was an objectively more difficult experience. Okay. And I mean, would you though say people who are, I'm at 35 weeks now, would I be able to take the course? Would I, or because I know that you said 20 weeks you should probably start, but when's the latest that could happen? You know, because you're like, okay, I want to I wanna start learning about this stuff, you know, when... It's not too late. Know. It's not yeah. too late. I mean, so there's like some really great um, research that's come out around meditation in particular. Mm -hmm. um, there was a study that came out a few years ago that said it was looking at... Um, Brand new, brand new meditators mm -hmm. had never done any sort of mindfulness training before, and they did four days of twenty-minute sessions. So what they did was, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that they, um, I think it was an electrical stimulus study. So they like, zapped the person, and they asked the person to rate their pain, right? Mm, okay. And then they gave them just four sessions, four twenty-minute sessions, of, hip of of meditation, and then they zapped them again, and they their pain was forty percent reduced. Oh, wow. Their self-reported pain. Okay. Mindfulness training is huge. Yeah. Mindfulness yeah. training is huge, and it works quickly. In as little as eight weeks, people have been shown to have massive reductions in stress, improved sleep. Yeah. Um, babies born to moms who meditate are typically calmer babies. Mm -hmm. That would be nice. To that. <laughs> and so you've got about five more weeks. Yeah. If you, I would start doing five-minute meditation a day. Like yeah. honestly, I would download the app. I would, I would download the app, uh -huh. and or if not the gentle birth app, because to be honest, not everybody loves the Irish accents. Uh, <laughs> another meditation app. Yeah. Um, and start meditating every day. And there are tons of meditations out there for pregnancy. Yeah. Um, there are lots of meditations out there that focus on release. Mm -hmm. um, at 35 weeks, you could also start doing um, hypnosis sessions about opening and release. Yeah. Um, Use the tool that's here, right? I mean, your head is a massive tool. And if right. you're still really caught up in fear, it's going to be the thing that holds you back. Yeah. No, and I feel like I know that it's it's this weird thing. And I mean, I'll just go into my own point. And I know I spoke about this on a podcast earlier, but um, it's just I really do want to have a vaginal birth. Like, a, like that's one thing I've always wanted. Yeah. And then now I think, okay, this is like do or die time as in I ha I should do it now because yeah. if you have more C-sections, you can't yeah. try or just the risk goes up. And even though the risk is low for a uterine rupture, I mean, I think it's, it's very see, Yeah. And Eric, my husband being like a statistician is like, it's so low, you're fine. But I'm like, it could still be a possibility. And I don't want to die. Like I just go into this crazy, crazy fear of, just a uterine rupture, even though, like, if it comes to it where I have to have a C-section, like, that's fine. Like, I'll deal with it then. But it's just this whole thing of, like, that's what's getting my fear wrapped around it. And so I'm trying to understand rationally, like, it's so low. It's very positive yeah. results. I, I've seen only positive results from the people who I know who've done a yeah. back. So I'm like, okay, why am I then getting stuck on this? I mean, you have Scary. to do subconsciously, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think that's one of the things mm -hmm. that general birth um, touches on and hypnobirthing touches on is accessing your subconscious, right? So yeah. our brains, we have these little guards in the front of our brains, and this is your like your thinking brain, and it's there to kind of 
access daily information and to make daily decisions. Mm -hmm. But where are we making these daily decisions from? They're coming from your stored memories, stored mm -hmm. fears, yeah. like stuff that is deep in that your decision-making brain can't access. Your decision-making making brain's job is to make decisions based on that stored content. Mm -hmm. And that stored mm -hmm. content is in our subconscious. And that's where tools like hypnosis particularly come in. Yeah. Hypnosis and meditation are there to kind of help you get some control of your brain. And mm -hmm. then hypnosis in particular is to bypass the thinking brain and try to influence those core beliefs. I mean, that's why hypnosis yeah. works for things like smoking and all of this, right? Because it can bypass your decision-making brain that I'm not strong enough to quit uh -huh. and reach a different part of you. And so hypnosis in, for birth is really powerful similarly. It goes past your thinking brain that says, I'm scared of this uterine rupture. And it really tries to reinforce the belief that you're strong yeah. and that yeah. you can. Um, I think a little hypnosis wouldn't hurt you either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully five weeks, maybe three. I feel like this baby's going to be early, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. It might be even, what, seven weeks because he might be two weeks late. So Most likely not, but you never yeah. know. We never know. <laughs> There's no way to know. <laughs> I know, I know. So, no, but I think that's really helpful just because I'm also, I mean, I've taken a course. Um, it was mostly on getting like dealing with VBAC, like what mm -hmm. to prepare yourself, yeah. what's the science behind it. Um, but it is one of those things where, yeah, like that's the more information I have on it sometimes almost freaks me out more, even though the percentages yeah. are very low, are very low, mm -hmm. but I'm like, they're there. <laughs> I'm like, why is it there? But at the same time, they're also there for a normal birth. Right. Very, 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 very low. Yeah. yeah. But that's true. I mean, normal birth isn't risk-free, right? I right. I mean, there's, there's only one way out of this situation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I have to, that's what I tell myself. I'm like, okay, it's, it, the baby's in there. It has to come yeah. out. Yeah. You can't just keep it inside. It's like, yeah. never mind. I'll just right. keep the baby in my belly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, but I mean, it is such a... It is, and that's, that's another thing that I want it to be this empowering feeling because when I think about my first birth I mean I just was very heavily medicated so I don't think I know the endorphins didn't come when I yeah. saw my baby I was just like okay great I'm gonna throw up now because I'm so <laughs> sick from the medicine mm. and then I just remember being in so much pain and in Germany they only give you ibuprofen Ridiculous, right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so I just remember just being in so much pain. And I mean, even my husband was kind of thinking, oh my gosh, like, is, she, is it just me and the baby now? Like, is she, is she like one of those moms? Is she coming back? Yeah, who's just like, I don't want my baby kind of thing. And I'm like, no, but it took me three or four days to get out of this yeah, sure. phase. And I just don't want that because, again, like, you see the movies, you see even, like, I don't want to say home video births, but pictures of people who just had gave birth and they're in this emotional I don't know like rush of everything yeah, yeah. it's so wonderful and I'm like I want that I don't yeah. want to be like someone give me some like oxyco like hydrocodone or something <laughs> I need to you know it's, it's yeah so that's I mean that's my hope is that I just want and and I don't know I guess it could happen with a C-section that you have those feelings. Yeah. But I'm just so scared that it's not. So I'm thinking, okay, like vaginal birth is the, is the only way. No, I mean, you still get a rush of oxytocin even with a C-section. Yeah. Definitely. 
I mean, I think some of it has to do with how you're coming into your C-section, right? True. So, um, I, knowing that I had to have one for my second birth, like I prepared around that. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to have a C-section. What are the things that I can do to prepare? I still wanted it to be very gentle. Yeah. And so I had done a lot of research into what does a gentle C-section look like? What are the options that I have? Yeah. I spoke to the doctor, um, and he was really wonderful. And, you know, the big key thing that happened uh, in the birth of my second kid that really felt very empowering to me was I had requested that nobody talk. Um, I wanted him to hear my voice first. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor abided by that, and he, I, I heard him. I was behind the curtain, and I heard him ask everyone, please be silent. The mother has asked that the baby hears her first. Yeah, that's and, super uh, sweet. But they won't do that if you don't ask them. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you have yeah. to put the thought into, like, what do I want this to look like? Mm-hmm. And there were other things that I had asked for, and it was like, Amanda, in your situation, like, this is not something that, <laughs> this is not happening. Um, this yeah. is, I was having, like, life-saving surgery, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. it was like, we'll do as far as we can, but that was the thing that he was able to give me, and, okay. and that made a huge difference yeah. um, to me, because I didn't want a C-section. Yeah. I had also hoped for a really lovely second birth that would be really rejuvenating and Mm -hmm. you know all of the things that I didn't get from the first and then I had to stop and I had to reflect like you know I wanted I wanted from my second birth to feel the strength yeah the strength that like women have exactly I wanted to go through that um and when I look back at it I am strong as yeah a mother yeah yeah right because to go through a c-section and to go through the situation that I had with my second baby yeah I I was stronger than anything else I could have gone through. And yeah, so totally. you have to kind of think also, like, what is it that I'm wishing for? And is this going to show up in a different package? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So what are the feelings that you want to have? You want to feel strong, right? You want to feel oxytocin. You want to yeah. feel connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and harboring that connection now with your baby, really starting to talk to your baby now yeah. and talking to them and saying, like, I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know how this is going to look, but this is what I want for you. Yeah. I want you to be born into a calm environment. I want to feel confident when you get here. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that can be said with little things like affirmations. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I did yoga my first pregnancy, and I do it now, but mostly at home. Um, but I, I would say affirmations and speaking to your baby, like I, it's probably to people who aren't pregnant, don't sounds cookie. Yeah, even <laughs> at first it's like what? What are we doing? But now, I mean, you just always talk. Like I even when I'm on my bike and I'm bringing Dagny to daycare, I'm like okay. Look, like, I, I talk to my son and be like, okay, come on, we have to do it. <laughs> it's hard, but we have to do it. Like, we have to bring your sister to daycare. So it's, like, little things, but, like, I'm, I am I feel like, yeah, it brings more connection than I even had with Dagny because when I first heard about it, I think I was 30 weeks when I was with Dagny where everyone's like, oh, just talk to your baby. And you're like, okay, what do I say? Like, <laughs> but then when you have a kid, yeah. you realize, oh, okay, yeah. I know what to say. Like, I know, you know. Yeah. I still feel a bit weird, like, talking to my belly. I don't yeah. do it as much as I maybe should. No. But I think it's just still so so abstract sometimes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I find it a bit easier when my partner is there and we're, like, talking to the belly together uh-huh. rather than when I'm alone. I don't know why. Yeah. I know maybe, like, meditating with, the, with your belly or meditating on your belly might be a better option than... Talking out loud, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't feel comfortable being like, hey, little guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, you can always 
do that internally, right? And yeah. Or you can do, there are lots of beautiful guided meditations. There was a, a really lovely meditation that I did throughout my pregnancy with Ollie that was just this beautiful visualization of um, you imagined uh, women that were important to you. Yeah. And each one of them would come and like give you, like you sit in a circle in your head, like it's a beautiful visualization on sitting in a circle of these women that were important to you and they would each come one by one and put their hand on your shoulder mm-hmm. and say a word of strength. And like you just visualize this mm-hmm. in your head and like there are beautiful meditations that can kind of just help to get you in the zone. And some of them have to do with talking to your baby also. So yeah. you don't have to you don't have to sit there on the street and pat your belly. <laughs> How's it going in there? Person. There are other ways to connect. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's so true. I did have a question. So I know that you were discussing because you know, we've heard of hypnobirthing, we've mm-hmm. heard of um just uh, hypnosis, but you were saying before that sport, mm-hmm. sport psychology, sport psychology. What is what is that? Yeah, I was doing? wondering that too. Yeah, so that's really interesting. So we know a lot actually mm-hmm. from the field of performance psychology, yeah. and that visualization in particular has been shown to be really really powerful. For, for athletes. Oh, so there was okay. this one particular study that was done with the U.S. Olympic ski team. And it was very, it was very interesting. So this was some years ago. Um, actually, many years ago. I can't remember off the top of my head, though. A uh, U.S. Olympic ski team where they had... They split the, the ski team in half. And they had half of the team doing visualization training where before they started their physical training they visualized themselves going down the hill taking their turns blah 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 Mm -hmm. and the other half did their regular standard training Mm -hmm. and the team the half of the team that was doing visualization training outperformed the other half so well that in two weeks the coach canceled the study and demanded that the whole team start doing visualization training oh wow okay Crazy. And so we have learned a lot of things, and I have tons of examples like that that I cover in my class about how the brain works with the body. Yeah. Right? Knowing what you want is halfway to getting what you want. Mm-hmm. It is not a promise, but all you can do is put your best foot forward and see where it gets you. Yeah. You know, but if you don't have a goal, yeah. you can't visualize that goal. And that's what we've really learned from sports psychology is that this idea of being two two really big things the power of visualization mm-hmm. and the power that like every every olympic runner has run that race a hundred times in their head before they've ever gotten on the field to run the race yeah they have run it in their head in the rain they have run it in their head in the wrong shoes they have run it with a loud crowd they have <laughs> like you visual like we've all done it yeah we've all yeah. visualized ourselves before we have a job interview yeah or an important conversation mm-hmm. we we do this all the time most of us actually are excellent visualizers. Yeah. Do either of you ever worry about anything? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, there you go. You are already very skilled at visualization. And so using this, that's what we've learned from sports psychology, is that using this visualization technique can really enhance performance. Uh-huh. And the other big thing is the ability to let it go, to know that you put it all out on the field. Mm-hmm. You did all that you could to get through your birthing day. You advocated for yourself. You advocated for your baby. You prepared yourself mentally, emotionally. You had a partner that was ready. And then you see what happens. Yeah. And it's not something you have to carry around forever. Yeah. And that's something that we also learn from sports psychology is the ability to say, I know I left it all on the field and I have to accept it and walk away. 
Yeah. No, I completely agree. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Because me being in sports, like, I mean, you don't feel this sense of guilt, I think. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people do feel after a traumatic birth or a birth that didn't go their way, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It doesn't maybe need to be traumatic, but they feel guilt or they blame themselves yeah. for something that they, sh- like, if only I did this, then maybe this would have yeah. happened. Yeah. Like they and failed somehow. Yeah. yeah. They failed themselves, and then even they might have, they think they failed their child or yeah. something. Oh, I mean, I definitely felt like that after my first birth. I mean, yeah. it's, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. And it's a burden for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate that there's that much pressure um, put on us. And it is something that comes up in my class quite often is when I, I talk about this piece about visualization and talk about, you know, really visualizing what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. There are, t- like, it happens all the time. That couples will be like, but then what if we don't get that? We don't want the disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. And they're afraid to let themselves dream mm. because they're afraid of the letdown. Yeah. And we can't control how it's going to go. All we can do is know what we want. We're not always going to get what we want. Yeah. Right? And that's true in all areas of your life. Right. But if you don't have an idea of what you want, you're going to get what somebody else wanted for you. Which might be the staff that day, right? Yeah, true. Who, yeah. <laughs> and so, who yeah. might want it easier? Who might want it, you know? Because I, I, maybe this is a very cynical view on C-sections, but sometimes I do feel that C-sections, they're on the rise, of course. I think in our, even even our friend group, and we have about five or six people we know. Yeah, almost everyone had almost C-section. Almost C-section except CJ. Yeah. And we're all thinking how because the rate's only 30% or 33 which is still which very is huge, high. Though. I mean, that's it used <laughs> to be like 20. Is it yeah. already 33? Like 30, almost 33%, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or this is this might just be in the US and Canada, but I just remember reading like almost everyone has had one. My family members, a lot of us had had, had them, um, which is nice to know that it's you're not this rarity, like you didn't fail because everyone else has done it. Um but it's also this thing where you're thinking, why is this? Why are these numbers up higher? And yeah. is it because of money? Because they get more money from the hospital? Like you know, you're you're almost right. this like cynical view of like, oh, someone took advantage of me and they made me you know yeah. do this, and I don't. Mm-hmm. It is this feeling of, yeah, being duped and like you don't know enough, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a a section of the class where we kind of cover. Um, it's always a little bit of a. I always preface it a little bit with, like, I'm not trying to scare you. Yeah. But we cover what are hospital common practices mm-hmm. versus what are international best practices. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. those things don't always align. Okay. Right? In the same way that we all, like, optimize our work days, right? We all have a way that we like to do things. I like to check my email before I get my coffee. You like to get mm-hmm. your coffee before you check your email. Mm-hmm. We all have a way that we optimize our work days. Right. And that's just the same for the people who are going to be attending your birth, right? Which is where if you don't have a plan, they are going to optimize their work day. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And it's not for any, it has nothing to do with you. That has absolutely nothing to do with you, right? I mean, people don't go into obstetrics and gynecology because they don't like women and babies. They love (laughs) women and babies. Yeah. And they're going to optimize their work day. Mm -hmm. But if you tell them what you want, this has been my experience in the my own my own births and then the the births that I've been fortunate enough to attend like they want to help you have a good day yeah Yeah. but you need to tell them what you want like I have been very pleasantly surprised at how open the midwives have been to birth plans right 
I don't even call them birth plans. I call them birth preferences because we can't plan it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you have to have an idea for yourself, gals. Right. That's so true. Yeah. But we'll try. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And here's the thing. I think it is. But I do think, I mean, as much as the plan is, I think it is good that you have to speak with your partner because if you're out of it, such as in this, like, I mean, I've never felt it before, but really hardcore pain yeah when you get Someone to the animal to noise stage I would not be able to really communicate at no. least not doing contractions so exactly. yeah it helps that my partner knows also what do I want so he can advocate for me in that yeah. moment yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah communication is, is key mm-hmm. and I think that's where the birth preferences she actually can be really helpful because to create it you had to sit down with your partner to do it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it's a chance for the two of you to get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take it to the hospital, right, you would take it with you when you go to register for your birth. Yeah, It's a chance for you to get on the same page with the hospital. And they might not give you everything. They might say straight out of the gate, Kari, I'm sorry, we are not doing that, that, or that. But at least then you have a couple more weeks to kind of come to peace with that or find another provider, right? You might say, okay, well, those were deal breakers for me and I'm looking for another hospital. Right. You don't want to have those surprises in the birthing room. Mm -hmm. True. And so you kind of create this communication tool to facilitate communication with your partner, to facilitate communication with the hospital. Yeah. And then in the birthing room, if you are in the animal phase and there's been (laughs) like a midwife shift, then it's a tool for your husband to take to the midwife and say... Hi, nice to meet you. Glad you're here. Little busy. Have you checked our birth references? Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just there to kind of help smooth things along. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. We have to prepare. Yeah. Prepare In the coming more. weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I guess that is good, though, that Germany does give this six weeks before the birth. Yeah. To kind of. So you've got some time to get yeah, your head around. Yeah, to set up, prepare, relax a bit from the work situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I feel like I have all this energy now from just like being off work. Now you're like, okay, what do we need to get done in the house to then like be prepared all the nesting yeah (laughs) nesting but even like I'm almost like nervous yeah of course you guys have all probably felt it you're just nervous or oh I wanted to always set up and have like new pillows or new chairs or something for this and I'm not gonna have any time with two kids so like we have to hurry up and everything (laughs) we want to get done you know that's how I kind of am in this feeling of just like do everything right now because once the second baby comes, you don't know how much time you're going to have. Which I'm sure you felt like that before the first baby too. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It was like, I'm going to learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second one before the baby comes, right? Like, yeah. 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 Yesterday so I... So you're about to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying that's, to relax. That's how I feel. I'm like, I just need to do like three, two, two to three productive things a day so that I can do this. But of course, I yeah. am... And you also have a toddler, right? Yeah. At the yeah, same maybe time. Just, maybe just take a breath apart. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm also getting into weird things. Like yesterday, I was vacuuming the back of the fridge and all our kitchen <laughs> cabinets and stuff. Just like everything has to be clean and organized before yeah. this baby comes. Exactly. So for anybody who's not pregnant and listening, this is nesting. <laughs> yeah. This is what this looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. 
this is very common at you guys' stage of pregnancy. So. <laughs> well, no, that's that's great. I so normally if at the end, um, if you want to just tell everyone how they can contact you, how yeah. they can follow you, what, what you know, what is the correct exact hashtag, um, and then yeah, just any information that you want to give out to the people. Yeah, who are sure. Listening. I mean, uh, I'm really bad at Instagram. I post very rarely, but I need to do better. Um, but you can find me at Mindful Mama Abroad mm-hmm. um, is my Instagram. And then my website is mindfulmamafrankfurt.com. Um, and that's where you find all the stuff in my upcoming course dates. I have a general birth course every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the big announcement is in October will be my first in-person class since COVID. Oh, cool. So I've been exclusively online. And so I'll be doing an in-person class once a quarter. Um, now and so October will be back to in person. So anybody nice. who's looking for that, feel free to stop by. Um, but yeah, that's those are the two best places to find me: my website or my Instagram. Perfect. Great. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah. Thanks no, so much thank for coming. For, yeah, and I know we'll probably have you on again because I want to learn more about spinning babies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a conversation we should have sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> no, but thanks so much, and then we'll see you all next week. Um, and remember to subscribe and uh, sign up, and also leave us any comments on our Instagram at expecting Yes. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.